0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Carmichael Governance Podcast. I'm Dermot O'Carbouille, CEO of Carmichael. Carmichael is a charity that provides supports to other Irish charities, particularly in the area of governance. You can find details of what we do and a wide range of free resources on our website. That's carmichaelireland.ie. You can also find previous editions of our governance podcast on our website or on your favourite podcast platform, be that SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Acast. I'm delighted to have today as our guest Eva Gern, who is the Chief Executive of Board Match Ireland. You're very welcome, Eva.
1: Thank you, German. Delighted to be here this morning.
0: I'd like to get an idea of how people have ended up where they are today. So, you might just give us a sense of the career path of the journey that you've taken that has led you to your current role.
1: Yeah, even thinking about this shows me that my journey was not a typical one, um, but it was good to actually think back about it. But I suppose when I left school, I was one of those teams that wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. But I knew that I wanted to, I suppose, work with people, but just figuring out what that was. So Of course, I did the typical thing of going to college, picking the wrong course, lasting a year doing science and leaving leaving that. But I kind of focused then on what I wanted to do was to be a social worker. So I ended up doing a degree in social studies and economics. Unfortunately, that finished in 2008, which wasn't the best time for looking for um, a job with the recession that we were going through. So what I did for that was just really started to try and build a portfolio just for social work, the more experience and exposure you have in the sector, just really helps you, I suppose, get into that area. And But again, just finding work and that was quite difficult in that time. I ended up going to NUIN then to look at addiction studies and just always have been interested in, in that area and thought that... While I can't get work at the minute because of the recession, the more study I do will help me. While there then, I ended up meeting my now husband. So that prompted me to start looking for work in Dublin and away from my native Donegal. And I came across Ford Match. I hadn't really heard of Ford Match, to be honest. At the time, it was 2011. They were advertising for an intern. Back then, internships were unpaid. But having read about BoardMatch, I knew that it would give me, I suppose, more exposure to the not-for-profit sector than maybe a different organisation in that BoardMatch didn't work with one part of the sector or one charity. It worked with as many of the organisations within the sector. So I started there in 2011. Nine and a half years later, I'm still there. I worked as an unpaid intern within Six months, they created a role for me. And now I'm the CEO of the organization. So I kind of, looking back on it, it's quite a journey. And I think, to be honest, it came from a growing passion for what BoardMatch did. A mixture of, you know, ambition, hard work, and the opportunities of starting with a small team within an organization. Like many, many opportunities presented themselves to me in BoardMatch. And I was the type of person that I would grasp them rather than, you know, sit back and take the easy way out. And I learned to grow with the organization. And I think it's a real story of having people like a board and some of my predecessors believe in me and help me with that growth. But I know it's probably a different journey than most of your other interviewees. But um, I think it just shows the difference as well that sometimes it's about seeing an opportunity within the sector. If it's something that you really, really want to get involved in and opportunities will present themselves. And if you grasp them, you can really grow in it. And 10 years later, you can be the CEO of an organisation. Yes,
0: fantastic. <laughs> and, but one thing I have learned from talking to the various guests is, is there's, no, there's no direct route. A lot of us, and myself included, have taken... Very circuitous routes to end up where we are. And it's great, as you said, starting in an organisation as an unpaid intern and ending up being the CEO of that organisation. You might give me a bit of sense of um, your role, and then we'll talk about board match in, in particular, but the role of CEO in board match. What sort of things does that involve for you?
1: It's um, And again, I suppose I'm not one for titles, really, because in board match, you know, I worked in board match when there was two staff members, when we were, we were doing... Quite well and growing. You know, we got up to six team members in that. So I find my role has always changed, to be honest. But the one thing with a small organization is, you know, I don't get to sit behind a desk, you know, in a separate room and really play that high level strategic CEO role. I find I'm very much part of the team. You have to be a team player, you have to get stuck in and you have to help out where needed. So While, of course, I have a role spec as to what I have to do, my day-to-day, I think, vastly changes and I I could be doing something completely different next week than, than I've been focused on this week. And it's because when you're a small organization, I find we have to be very reactive and we can't be stiff in what we're doing or we can't be tunnel vision. So, to be honest, I'm involved in every aspect of board match from meeting corporate clients because we work with a lot of individuals from the corporate sector to encourage them to join the board of not-for-profits I have to deal with many of the board match's stakeholders comms plan meetings I still meet with charities because for us the biggest thing for board match is I suppose from a strategic level what I try and do in my role is grow board matches awareness making the sector aware of us, that we exist and how we can help them do that. So, out of the day-to-day operations that I very much have to get involved in because that's just part of a small organisation, on a strategic level, I, I suppose my role, I would try and continue to be, I suppose, innovative in how we connect those who want to join boards with the boards that need them. So, it's all about encouraging more board renewal. How can board match do that? How can we be innovative? How can we change from how we used to do it and keep getting people to join the boards of charity? So I'd say it's probably 70-30 in that I'm very hands-on operational against the strategic, but that's the premise of a small team and resources. But in a way, I love it. And I don't think I could, I suppose, ever be that helicopter, maybe CEO, Above it, I think I'd like to get stuck in and, and know what's going on.
0: You touched on what, really what the core essence of board match is helping charities and nonprofits to find suitable people to go on their boards. And it's also the other side of is, is encouraging an, um, those people that might be considering going on the board to complete that journey and helping them to look at the charity sector in particular for, for taking on the, the very important role of trustees. Mm. Um, this has been, for so many of us, a very, very challenging time. What has it meant for the role of board match and how have you managed to sort of adapt in terms of the need for board members hasn't stopped. So what has it been like out there and what role has board match been doing to sort of continue the wheels of matching interested parties and finally closing that deal and and agreeing to go on the board?
1: So we've definitely seen the challenges that have come up and what you're saying there is. Like the essence of Board Match is connecting those who want to join boards with the boards that need them. Like everything that we do is to help us achieve that and achieve it in great, greater numbers and to let more not for profits and charities know that we exist so they can find those individuals. As you said, the needs of charity boards and not for profit boards didn't stop and has not stopped. But the challenge was when COVID 19 happened, I think it kind of took us all by surprise and Even within the first announcement, we all thought it was two weeks. So I know from interacting with many of our NAPA profits, it was very much a we're recruiting. We'll just put it on hold for two weeks and we'll pick it up then because like you know yourself working in this area a big part of it is you know you can look at somebody's skills, you can look at somebody's experience in that but a big part of somebody joining your board is making sure that they fit in with the board culture and things like that. So we find that a lot of the organisations were putting it on hold. And many put it on hold because they wanted to wait for face-to-face meetings and things like that but many put it on hold because they were unfortunately fighting the fires and the board didn't have time to put focus into that. They had other hard decisions to make their organization might have been in survival mode and that was the right thing for boards to do at that time but I think now that we're what I think I've lost count of the weeks to be honest we're week 12 or 13 we see that this is our norm for god knows how long and we need to just get on with it and we need to get back to the needs of the boards of the organisation. So what we've been doing at BoardMatch is we've really been trying to, I suppose, encourage boards and give them the confidence that you can adapt your recruitment process during this time and actually look at it as an opportunity that, you know, the needs of the board might have changed. You know, all organizations now, you know, BoardMatch included, we all have new challenges as organizations that that we're trying to overcome. So there might be new skills that your board needs that you could very much find now. So it's trying to get organisations to embrace virtual meetings and things like that. And even at the start of COVID-19, like, you know, we were hearing from a lot of the sector that they had cancelled board meetings because of the social distancing issue and that. But as you know, governance is ongoing and you can't put a hold on it and your position as a board member is vitally important. So we produce virtual board meeting guides and it was just to put confidence in not-for-profits to embrace meeting like this. You know, video meetings are very, they can intimidating. I know myself, I wasn't a fan of them at the start, but now they've become second nature. So I think even having guides like that, acknowledging that mistakes will happen, acknowledging that, you know, technology can can let you down, um, and just letting charities know that you still have this responsibility to meet, So do your board meetings. I think the fact that they've got used to doing board meetings, committee meetings virtually, when we kind of started our campaign around now you need to put your focus back on your recruitment needs because they have not gone away and they're they're not going away. We still have things like the governance code to comply with. You have all these new challenges. So, you know, if you're low on board member numbers or you have people stepping down or you have new challenges that you need individuals with new skills for, you need to get back on track with it. So the fact that the board meetings virtually were going well, really helped us help charities embrace adapting their recruitment process. So what we did was we've encouraged organizations to, you know, maybe do a new skills audit, identifying new skills, because as you know, it's not about just replacing skills. They might need something else next. We see a lot of them undertaking that exercise, which is fantastic. Then just adapting your process. So we all, or all organizations, should have a fairly robust recruitment process in the stages that they take so we're getting them to embrace doing an interview and you know you might have done a one-to-one in-person interview and, and with the chair of an organization and a potential candidate and that might have been enough to see well is this person a good fit for our organization and things like that so what we see maybe organizations are doing now is they might be doing two virtual interviews so two different members from the board might do two interviews so they can just I suppose, get a better feel and, and make sure that this individual is the right person for the board. Some organisations, part of their recruitment process would be, you know, bringing candidates on site, seeing the facilities, the services and things like that, which obviously couldn't happen either because of social distancing and organisations closed. So, you know, we're getting them to bulk up things like their induction pack or send more material to candidates so they can still find out a lot about you, and um, like your videos campaign materials that you have. So you can still get across the organisation and the services that you do without that on site visit, which, which is important. Things like as well, a lot of organisations as part of their recruitment process would have the buddy board where you would pair up a new trustee with an existing board member just for you know continuity, be able to get the history of the organisation and little insight into how board meetings go or something come up in board papers that they didn't understand, somebody that they can that they can lean on. So we've got them to start introducing the the virtual buddy board member which, to be honest, is is actually working out great because you actually find, well, we have found that they're scheduling more of those rather than what they would have done in, in person previously. So I think they're the challenges, but I think the charities are adapting quite well, to be honest. I think some of them are still embracing the virtual side, but from our side, we're seeing like the figures on our website pick up again. We're seeing more board vacancies open up, which means more charities. This has become the focus for them again. We can see the interaction between the candidates on the website website and the not for profit so like we're starting to see more activity which is reassuring to us that boards are recruiting again and another thing even for organizations to know is candidates want to join boards and what we've actually seen is an increase in the number of candidates who want to join boards during COVID-19 which is you know, fits in with everything we're hearing about people volunteering and the goodness and the kindness out there. So for any not-for-profit who is kind of thinking, you know, this isn't on the radar for people or it's not the right time for recruitment, I would say it is because our database has grown. So you'd probably be surprised by the number on the website and what skills you possibly might find.
0: That's excellent. And that's that's something people probably wouldn't have realised. Sort of the intuitive thing is that the would be less... People putting themselves forward, but that that's good. One of the things, and you'd hear it, and I hear it all the time. You know, particularly for smaller charities and nonprofits, they say they find it very, right. very difficult to get people to come on, and hence people staying on the boards longer than they should because mm. they said it can't be replaced. From your experience, what are the typical pitfalls of those charities? What should they do to sort of make themselves more focused on getting the right people on board?
1: I think sometimes that stems from because um, I always find when when organisations or people ask me this, you know that that they can't find anybody for their board and um, my first question is always where are you looking because the answer typically is they're looking in the same circles and um, with the same colleagues or the or the same people all the time and you know if you, if you keep looking in the same pool of people you are going to run out of people for your board so I think for the smaller organisations like that and to be honest over the past two years we would have seen um, an increase in smaller organisations embracing you know using board match or, or new ways of finding people and it all ends in success. Success story. So I think the first step is being brave enough to go outside of how you normally recruited your board members will be the first step in the process for you. So just embracing that first and being open to looking elsewhere. One thing is there are always people out there who want to join your board. But one of the pitfalls that we see and that I try and get organizations to avoid is don't take the first person that puts their hand up. Now, they could be the right person, but don't just think we, you know, we have to get a bum on the seat, so we'll take the first person. So I think for those organisations, it's really thinking about a process. And like anything, we shouldn't start a process unless we have, you know, a plan and we have it written down and we have the full backing of the board in what we're doing. So it's little things like sitting down and carrying out a skills gap analysis. And you know, that sound might sound very technical, but when you start to do it, it's not. And Board Match have a have a template for this where it's just seeing who do you have around the table, identifying some gaps that, that would help you be stronger as a board. So you know when you go out to look, well, actually this is the type of person or this is the skill that we need. And that should be your starting point of your plan. Like for example, then you would write a role spec for that. And again, this sounds technical, but it's not. You can very simply just have a one-pager that has, you know, eight bullet points about what we want that in, what we expect from that individual and the part that they're going to play on the board. You know, for example, if an organisation did their skills gap analysis and it threw up that they were maybe a bit weak in finance or they could do something like that. Like we know from a very small organisation, the role of that finance board member is going to be very, very different than the role spec for a board member of one of our largest charities in Ireland. And I think that's what, that's what smaller charities sometimes think, you know, well, nobody wants to join our board. People do want to join your board, but it's just like finding the right person and, and things like role spec can really help get the right person on board because they know
0: what's expected of them. I would agree that I'm surprised how casual people are about board recruitment. I keep saying to them, if you were recruiting a CEO, think of the the planning and the organization and the effort you would put into recruiting a senior member of your organisation. But when it comes to recruiting board members it's sort of who do we know or, you know, lack of sort of doing that basic things like you said, doing the skills assessment of where are the gaps in around the table and doing the, the, the role description for it. And the other thing I found, and you probably find it too, is is that small charities are very bad at selling themselves. They're sort of, they're more or less a, almost apologetic. Actually, nobody would come on our board.
1: Yeah, we we hear that all the time. You know, nobody wants to join our board. Our, we're too small. Nobody um, is interested in what we're doing. And like, that's the opposite. Like on, on our website, it's actually quite competitive. The ball is more or less in the not-for-profit's hands because the candidates I the not-for-profit. So I think it's just about having that process. And I know for small organizations, when they hear processes and they hear, you know, have a plan for this, it all sounds like resources and it all sounds like hard work. And the first time you put that together, it probably is. But once you do it the first time, it's not the workload that it was originally. And by putting the work in, having one fantastic new recruit can make the world a difference because all of a sudden you have a new person, it's new blood, it's fresh ideas. You know, they're energetic because they've just joined. It can help the other board members pull up their socks for a while. And the fear is gone. I also actually think there is a fear sometimes there with smaller organizations who have never kind of done outside recruitment out of their normal, you know, outside of their circles or things like that. There's a fear of why would someone who has never had anything got to do with our charity want to join the board? And I would hear that a lot. What I always say to those not-for-profits is nobody joins the board of a charity to make that charity go under. You know, they've joined that charity because they want to give back. This was a way that they felt was the best way that they could give back. And they want to have impact, you know, so they're going to be there to do the best job that they can do. Yeah, so my big thing for small organizations is having a very clear process for this because again another pitfall that we would see is you know everybody's energetic the board is energetic at the start um, of the process they find great candidates they maybe find five they're going to interview them they don't have a process written down so they don't know who's doing interviews when they're happening what's their timeline and they've left it too long and the candidates are probably snapped up by somebody else yep. so i think that just shows the importance of having a, a start middle and and end point of your of your recruitment process so you don't miss out
0: yeah, that, that would be one thing. And I, and I know talking to people said that, oh, we put our vacancy up on board, well, nothing happened. I said, you have to be proactive. You have to go and look. You have to go see who matches the particular skill profile you're looking for and make, reach out. Because I think there's a lot of these things come and get us sometimes. That, you know, I said, you you have to engage in the process. So if you do put your profile up in board match and you may get matched. I think you do need to the next, next step and follow through and make contact with, with the candidates. Moving on just from the other side of it, um, people that might be listening now that may not have considered or have been considered maybe getting involved in a, a non-profit board, what would you say to them?
1: So I always say to them, go for it, do it, embrace it. It's a good thing. Of course, I would say that And um, being from board matching and we need the candidates. But in all honesty, I think it suits individuals to join boards just for a lot of individuals who want to give back this is just uh, I suppose a more organized way of volunteering for them and it works for them for those individuals on I suppose the fence about whether to do it or not at board match we're always aware of we never want to encourage anybody to go into a vulnerable situation so it's like anything you Be as prepared and you educate yourself as much as possible before joining that board, especially for individuals from outside the not-for-profit sector who would be looking to join. You know, this is a sector that you might not know much about, so you need to explore the sector. It is huge, given the number of charities and not-for-profits that it has. So you really should explore that and do your research into it. Like anything, if you were looking for a job, you would be doing research into companies and things like that. So that's what you should do. You know, things like looking up the Charity Regulatory Authority, Benefacts and um, Charity website. That is all part of it. The second thing I always say to candidates is it's not about joining the board of, you know, the charity brands or names that we all know. And um, I don't really like hearing that. I really want the candidates to explore their passions. This is something that you're going to be sacrificing, you know, maybe family time for or your free time or things like that. So it's really about finding what you're passionate about, because joining the board of something that you're passionate about, it won't seem like hard work. It won't seem like a sacrifice and it'll just seem like something good that you're part of and and you can see the impact. So that's a big number one for us at Board matches aligning that. Attend a training figure out what it is to be on the board of a not-for-profit you know or charity it's changed a lot kind of in the nine ten years since I'm in the sector the board has become more important the realization of the legal responsibilities of what it is while it is volunteering it's, it's very very different than you're in the field volunteering and I think anybody who steps on a board while you may be good at your day job you've never and if you've never been a, a board member before no one's born a board director so you should go and educate yourself and make yourself aware of the responsibilities that you're taking on you know i wouldn't go try and be an accountant without having trained as one or, or knowing what that entails so i think that's the approach that should be taken with with that level of seriousness i think things like finding out the nitty-gritty of it things like you know and, and this is something the board match would have reacted to because we would have found we got a lot of them um, inquiries from candidates you know well what's the reality of sitting on a board and what's the time commitment and, and what am I looking at and what's that and you know every organization is very very different and, and we can give answers what we found was candidates wanted real life experience and basically to hear it firsthand so we set up things called candidate information sessions and this is just an opportunity for people who are thinking about joining a board to come to our session hear from a panel of two to three individuals who have been through the board match process of using the website, finding their board vacancy through that. Things like, you know, their interview, their meeting with the charity, now that they're on the board, what's their workload, what's their time commitment, what's the challenges, what are the difficulties and that resonates more with those candidates, you know, than what I could say in an hour or two of them. So that's what I would say to candidates, find out as much as you can. If you know anybody on a board, ask them about their experience on a board because don't think it's all roses and daffodils and that. While it is a rewarding and a brilliant thing to do, there is work involved and you have responsibility so just be as well, going into it with your eyes open. So be prepared Do the you, more. Do,
0: do your homework and, and be, yeah, p- be prepared. And yeah.
1: I, I, but what I would say is like we have placed thousands of individuals over the years and I've never heard a negative bit of feedback from somebody who joined a board. Like the, the the most popular piece of feedback I hear back from individuals who
0: joined the board? Is I wish I had have done it sooner. Um, how do people get in contact with board match? From either from you know if they haven't heard of board match before, either as a potential candidate or a nonprofit that has having listened to this, said, "Oh, we need we need to go beyond our normal way we look for new board members." How do they get in touch with board match? What's the best way?
1: Yeah, so the easiest way is to go to our website. We invested heavily in our website last year and we got a grant from the Department of Rural and Community Development and we built a whole new website last year so it's a lot easier to use. It's free for all not-for-profits and charities to sign up and to open their board vacancies and it's free for candidates to sign up and you just go to www.boardmatch.ie we've really streamlined the registration to make it easy and so for charities it shouldn't take more than five ten minutes and for individuals once you have a cv it pulls on the information from that you're probably set up within two or three minutes the website has all the information about you know if you want to go to a training to figure out your roles and responsibilities if you want to find out the nitty gritty of what it is to sit on a board, we have candidate information sessions and we've put them all online now. So all of that is accessible virtually for things like charities and not-for-profits. We have templates there for your role specs to really help you, you know, get them up online and get them live. So we, we try and provide as much information to make it as easy as possible for these, you know, two parties to meet because that's what we are. We facilitate the matching between, between the two parties and, you know, the rest is up to them to make those board appointments or committee appointments after that.
0: Charities and non-profits can't survive without board members and BoardMatch provide an absolutely critical service in, in that sort of matchmaking of identifying people that are interested in going in boards and non-profits are looking for it. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you, Eva, and um, well done in the work that BoardMatch has been doing over the years and, and continued success because it is a vital part of the infrastructure support for the sector. Thank you.
1: Thanks very much,
0: Jeremy. Thank you for listening. our latest Carmichael Governance podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, it would be of great benefit to us if you could give it a rating, as that helps to create greater awareness of these podcasts. So until the next time, slán go